Welcome to Jab, Cross, Hook, a fan-sided fight show with your hosts, Ian McMillan, Amy Kaplan, and Reed Wallach. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's live episode of Jab, Cross, Hook. A little bit of a different format this week. Myself and Reed are going to do a two-person draft right at the top of the show. Uh, And then we're going to talk uh, about some UFC news. We're going to talk about this weekend's big Bellator card. Um, but I don't want to pass up the opportunity to brag about winning last draft. So I finally bury the lead. I'm not, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't bury the lead. I finally won a draft. I swept my picks 3 0 for plus 2.27 units. How about Very that? Very nice. Amy did hit the big Aljamain Sterling underdog at plus 345, uh, but then her other two picks lost. So, but she still finished profitable one and two for plus. Point one point four five units. Reed, you went oh two and one kind of because one of your picks didn't even happen. It uh, yeah, I don't even Shout know what happened. Someone for uh, not not fighting this weekend, doing me a favor. <laughs> did, you know, did, was someone was hurt or was it a weight cut issue? Or I think I Friday afternoon they canceled it. I think he may have been sick, non COVID related. But yeah, did go over two on the other uh, two fights. So you know, hey, that's how it goes. I feel like. You know, you obviously bet like the whole card and stuff. Do you ever feel like when you lose your first bet of the card, like whether it's on the prelims or something, you just get like the worst feeling going into like the whole thing. You're like, oh, this might get like it's almost like you need to hit that first one to like, all right, I got some confidence now. Like this is going to go my way. Obviously, they're all completely irrelevant. They're all independent outcomes. But like I feel like if I lose my first one, I just go. I might as well just not even watch. There's no way I'm doing I did terrible this past weekend because I lost my first one. I might as well just blame it on that. Yeah, I do feel that. I mean, generally, and I'm very open about this. I'm not good at betting UFC in general. So if I get off to a slow – like, I need to, like, win my first few fights to then yeah. build up a cushion where uh, I know I'm probably going to lose my last few and then I'll just wash away and, and – Exactly. You got to start hot, I feel like. Yeah. It's tough if to I like, lose my back. Like, if you yes. start 0-3, you're not scratching back to even. It's probably you're ending up closer to 0-6 than 3-3. and that's correct. Uh, we got to get in this draft quick before Amy comes on. But Reed, we do. Uh, it's a weekly thing now. What are you drinking? Okay, I got Big Wave Golden Ale. It was again found in my fridge. I believe either Max or Jack, one of my two roommates, had it this weekend. They liked it clearly. There's only one left from the six pack. So, did you ask them if you could take it, or you just jacked it? No, open season in the fridge. It's very good though. Very good. Right, remind me to never be roommates with you. <laughs> A Kona Brewing Company special, Big Wave Golden Ale. Very good beer. And what are you drinking? We're doing our vodka, vodka soda. I'm going fancy night. Little little red wine. Wow, a celebration, a celebration uh vino out there. That's right. Victory week. I will I will be <laughs> drinking red wine. And Amy has joined in. And Amy is joining us. Oh, I'm on. <laughs> they tossed her right in. Hello, Amy. Reporting live from the Bellator Media Day. Hi guys, I was not prepared for that. I'm glad I was like picking my nose or something. <laughs> how, um, was, yeah. uh, how was the yeah. Bellator meeting? I guess, I guess we'll talk about that right at the top. Let me see if I can show you guys. So there's people still congregating oh, in there. Let me see if I can show you the get a little bit of insight here. And is media day yeah. over or is this still going on? Media day is over. That's the setup there. Just finished with AJ McKee was up last. He had his legs up on the desk the whole time. It was pretty awesome. 
<laughs> so when we reference you as our boots on the ground, and this this week you are literally our boots on the ground. You are there in person for Bellator's card. Yes. Any any big takeaways for Media Day? Yeah, but I think I want to wait till we talk about Bellator. Save all that secrets. So we haven't done the draft yet. Do you want to do you want to tackle Bellator first, and then we'll just do the draft afterwards? Um. You know why don't I why don't I draft with you guys? I'm just gonna go off gut feelings though. Are you guys okay with I'm that? Not, that yeah. works even better then. Okay, yeah, I was about to say it's probably better that way. Sometimes gut feelings uh, are better over research, anyways. That's well, I sometimes I'll research a pick for 30 minutes and then it loses by a million. So awesome. Yeah, just at, just ask me last week. I'm one in five on a UFC 273, and I sit all day looking at this stuff. So maybe, maybe I should start try like the going in blind for the drafts. Yeah. Like don't think too hard. Yeah, exactly. But so Ian, you are finally the winner. So you get to choose the draft order, my dear friend. What Ian won by how many points? Uh, so the final was, I we went three, no plus 2.27. Amy, you were one in two plus 1.45. So about 0.8 of a unit, 0.78 of a unit. Uh, so not by much, obviously, and we mentioned this before they brought you on, you hit the big Aljamain Sterling pick, myself and Reed hand up, we were wrong about that, that was a fantastic call and a big yes. underdog, um, but then the two losses brought the units down a little bit, so still a very profitable week, go to three picks being plus 1.45, but uh, I edged out a little bit, and then of course, Reed went 0-2, so. I guess that's fair, if you got all three right, you do deserve to win, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was nervous the, the night that it happened. I did think that I lost, but I, I had a couple of drinks that night and I forgot that, like, I forgot to like take off the units for the losses. But yes, uh, so I am celebrating here with my red wine, Amy. My victory week red wine. Uh, I assume you don't have anything to drink this time since you're there live. Um, so, do we, so we're kind of winging this right that right now this week. Do we want to talk UFC this past weekend's UFC and Bellator Is this first? Loud for you guys, should I move back? No. No, you're okay. good. No, you're good. Because people are. Do you want to do draft first, or do you want to do draft after Bellator and a little UFC recap? Whatever's easiest for you guys. I come on the fly. You guys are in charge. All right. Let's. Since you're there, I mean, let let's let's talk Bellator. Sweet. All right. Big card this weekend. Obviously, it is Bellator. What two seventy seven? That's right. Um. Amy, you were there. I believe you were just talking to AJ McKee. I believe you said he is in the main event against Patricio Pitbull Friere. I'm sure I mispronounced his last name. I said earlier today we have I have two and a half mispronunciations of names every single stream, and I hit the over almost every single time. Um, what was uh, what was AJ seeing? What are, what are his thoughts? Obviously, he's 18 and 0. He, in my opinion, might be the single best fighter in the world that doesn't fight inside the UFC. He would be among one of the top contenders, if not a champion, inside the UFC. Uh, what was what were his thoughts? This is a rematch, uh, by the way, as well. Yeah, yeah. So their first fight, um, I think. Uh, I mean, he AJ was definitely the underdog in their first fight, but I think that a lot of fans really were thinking he was going to take it. Um, and I think that just the odds makers were looking at records and that sort of thing because, you know, Patricio is one of the greatest of all time for Bellator. Um, and I think he is one, also one of the best fighters that's not signed to the UFC. Um, I think this time around, the betters are more on 
AJ's side, and it makes a lot of sense. Um, AJ seemed really calm. Like I said, he had his feet up. He was relaxed. He did mention that there's some contract drama going on right now. Um, so I'm not sure what that is about exactly. He wouldn't really detail that. And he did mention also that he um, has been putting off some sh shoulder surgery and that he was kind of, you know, this fight, it took a while for this fight to happen and he wasn't fighting in the meantime. And he, he said, people are noticing me over here in the corner. <laughs> he said um, that he, if he had known it was going to take so long to get this fight, he probably would have gotten that, that surgery. So that's interesting as well. So he's got maybe something going on there. Because remember I said that, that um, Aljamain had had that surgery now going in after that surgery. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, Pitbull, by the way, one of like 10 MMA fighters with the nickname Pitbull. Uh, also, I mean, great talent. He has wins uh, over Michael Chandler, Manuel Sanchez, Henry Corrales, who's been one of my favorite Bellator fighters throughout the years. Uh, Juan Archuleta. Archuleta. There we go. I've already hit two names that I've mispronounced. Ken Pitbull win, do you think, Amy? Do you think he can even the series at 1-1? Absolutely he can. I think that that people are just going, oh, well, you saw what happened in the first fight. And, yeah, of course, I mean, I think it's going to be a lot harder. I think that the odds makers are, are right this time putting AJ as the favorite. But, I mean, Pitbull is dangerous. He is a dangerous, dangerous fighter. And I think that he's going to make those adjustments, and it's going to be a different fight. I don't know who's going to initially come out the winner this time, but it's definitely going to look different. It's not going to be an in and out for AJ, I don't think. Yeah, and obviously AJ entering as the champion undefeated. And you mentioned that he might have some contract disputes, lingering surgery. Is there talks of him maybe leaving Bellator? Maybe is there a jump to the UFC possible after this fight? After If he is to retain it, of course. But is there anything like that you think on the horizon? I mean, you're there. You just had media day. Anything like that on being yeah. talked about? I think we were all shocked when – he didn't go right to the UFC. So okay. I don't know if maybe, I don't know if there was even really talk with the UFC. I don't really know what his contract looks like, but um, yeah, I think there was definitely some, some surprise that he didn't go right there. So him going to the UFC would not be shocking at all. Because there's, you know, coming from featherweight, he's still so young. There is an opportunity with Volkanovski coming off a win to maybe, do you think he would have to work his way up the ranks or can they, is AJ obviously pending victory a big enough draw to maybe jump straight up to the UFC, get a number one contender shot and get Volkanovski? Or you, you see this more of like a long play for him. Maybe that's why he's not in a rush to get there. I think that it would be much like they did with Michael Chandler recently where okay. they put him kind of near the top, definitely give him somebody that if he beat, it was his way of proving that he deserved yes. to be there, but it wasn't a title shot. It wasn't a contender uh, mm -hmm. shot, but it was definitely high up there and it was showing him the respect that he deserved. Um, I think that's the same way they go with AJ. I, I'm just, I think that if AJ sticks with Bellator, it'll be a money thing. I don't know that the UFC is going to want to give him the money that, that Bellator probably is paying him. Mm -hmm. So that would be interesting to see if, if AJ decides that money is more important to him than saying, I'm in the UFC. 100%. That's always the big thing between uh, Bellator and UFC. But for anyone who's a UFC fan but not a Bellator or hasn't watched uh, very many Bellator cards, these guys are 
at the U. I mean, Eddie Alvarez was a Bellator guy, and he went on uh, to be the UFC lightweight champion. Michael Chandler, right, right at the top of the lightweight division. So make no mistake about it; these guys are very good. Uh, co-main event is also an interesting fight, though, if, uh, if you two are ready to move on to that, because it is yep. the finals of the light heavyweight Grand Prix. Uh, speaking of UFC, uh, UFC fans will recognize this name. Corey Anderson uh, is fighting uh, the defending champion Vadim Nemkov uh, in the finals of the light heavyweight uh, Grand Prix. Amy, did you get a chance to talk to either of those two fighters? Any initial thoughts on that fight at all? Yeah, both of them came. Um Gosh, it's this is the one I think is for me is the hardest to pick because, you know, Vadim is a killer too. I mean, he's just he's got this hold on pretty much anyone he fights. He's, it seems like he's just so good. But he's also he has this thing where like the casual fans don't really know who he is, and it's so shocking to me because he's such a great fighter. And so I think um, this fight is getting a little bit less play than it should be. Obviously, Corey Anderson is on the other half, and fans do know who Corey Anderson is. And Corey Anderson is coming in, and he seems like he has a bone to pick a little bit with, like, the fighting game in general. He seemed very – he talked a lot about how differently he's being treated in a good way here at Bellator and how he was treated poorly in UFC. And so I think he's really trying to, like – write his career like maybe get get to places he didn't felt like feel like he could get in the ufc he mentioned that in the ufc someone someone he wouldn't say who pulled him into his office and said look you deserve the title shot but we can't give it to you because you don't you're not exciting enough you don't have enough followers on instagram you don't bring in enough people and so he you know he was really hurt by that because he thought if i earned it why don't i get it yeah and so he's saying that here in bellator he's earned it he showed that he's earned it um, so he does have a little bit of bone to pick, and I think he wants to prove things to people. So it's going to be—I think it's going to be a really close fight. That always is the tricky part about mixed martial arts: is that love it or hate it. It kind of is the fact, especially inside the UFC, that it's more than just about your skill level. I mean, you see guys who get title shots that don't necessarily deserve them, but it's, they are marketable. Quote yeah. unquote. Um, yeah, Vadim Nemkov, I was looking at his record. Very impressive record. Only two losses in his career. One was a split decision back in 2016, uh, and the other one was a loss to a current UFC title challenger. And I'm going to hit the over on two and a half mispronounced names, Yuri Prochazka. But most people just go by Yuri. I you did it. Well. You did it? Yeah, did. that was yeah, pretty good. That was, that was good enough for me. It. I think but yeah, one of his only so one of his only two losses of his career, and the other one was against. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the other guy's uh, last name. Oh, I want to hear it. Split decision lost. Uh, Carl Albrechtson. It's tough when there's a, a, a T. I'd have to see it. I'd have to see it on paper. Albrecht Albrechtson. Um, yeah, so I mean, they, obviously a very uh, a very capable fighter. I keep saying it because I really want people to understand that these top tier Bellator guys are not a tier below UFC. The, any of these title holders, challengers, uh, Vadim has already beat. He beat Phil Davis twice, who's a former UFC fighter, uh, and he beat Ryan Bader by TKO. Uh, and I think that was uh, for him to win the light heavyweight belt. So uh, Vadim's very capable, and obviously Corey Anderson is too. He had, he didn't he didn't, he didn't didn't leave the UFC, like you mentioned, Amy. He didn't leave the UFC because uh, he had a ton of losses in a row. Uh, he lost. He left the UFC to because it was a better move for his career, and by his account, is making more money. So uh, that's a very intriguing fight, Amy. If you had to pick a winner in that fight, uh, which who would you go with? Corey Anderson. That was the first name that came out of my my mouth. Getting underdog, also smaller underdog than um, you know the pitbull fight. It's a much closer line, but you know Corey is the underdog in this fight. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that, like I said, I think he just wants it more. I think that's going to be the key. You'd have to think too, that Vadim has Fedor in his corner, which is like extra little bit of like power. And also I think about Mm. like, when you're a fighter and you're looking across the cage and you're not fighting Fedor, but you're, you're seeing Fedor right there behind the guy you're fighting. Like that's gotta be really intimidating and scary. Cause even him in a room is scary. Yeah. He's one of the most intimidating people of all time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fellow Russian as well. So makes sense that he's in his corner. Um, I do. I, I personally looked at a couple other Bellator fights on the main card. Uh, that kind of intrigued me a little bit. Linton Vassal uh, against Timothy Johnson. Linton Vassal is a guy who I've always watched. Another one of those guys that could have been in the UFC at any point in his career. Uh, never made the jump. Three-fight win streak. Uh, and his losses, though, before that three-fight win streak have come against some of the better guys uh, in the division. And he's going up against Timothy Johnson, who, uh, if you like mustache guys, I don't know if he still has it. Last time I saw Timothy Johnson, uh, big mustache on the guy. Mm. looks like uh, one of those old like 1930s uh, boxers. Uh, so Reed, I know that you bet based on mustaches. So I don't know. I don't know. Can I bet on him again? Vince Pichel coming up short yeah, last week. I don't know. We might have to take a break, skip the one mustache, and get back in the next time around. Yeah, um, mustaches. Yeah, I like Linton Vassell. Or yeah, yeah, I think it's Vassell. Vassell I like him. Yeah, I like him in that fight quite a bit as well. Timothy. I mean, all respect to Fedor. Um, but Fedor is not a young guy anymore, and Timothy Johnson just lost to him in the first round last year. Uh, and his last win was a split decision against Czech Congo as well. So uh, that fight stood out to me. And the other one, Aaron Pico, he was a massive prospect. I think he was an Olympic silver medalist uh, in wrestling. He got off to a rocky start in Bellator. He lost two in a row. Uh, but since then, I think he's won five or six straight. He's a massive favorite against a guy named Adi Edwards, I believe. Um Adley. So Aaron P- What's that? Adley. Adley? Adley. 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 Um, yes, and I think this is his first Bellator fight, but uh, I wanted to bring it back because Aaron Pico is such a uh, uh, a prospect to watch. I was a little bit worried when he lost those two fights back to back, but like I said, like I said, since then uh, he's won five straight. So that's that's a young prospect, Olympic medalist uh, that you definitely want to keep an eye on uh, in the Bellator card this weekend, which is. Going to be very good. Is that Saturday night as well, or are they doing it Friday? Friday night. night. Friday night. Yeah, Friday, Friday night. night. Bellator two seventy seven. Uh, it's it's going to be exciting. Just the the card might be even better. Could be better. Some people is better. Say saying that it is better than the UFC card on Saturday night. So tune in for that. Amy, do you have any final thoughts about Bellator? Anything else that you got from media day today? Yeah, um, you know, we were just talking about uh, Aaron Pico's opponent. He fought 13 – he'll have what fought 13 days ago. Oh. So he's fresh, fresh, fresh off of a fight. And so that is definitely something you got to take into account. When you're thinking of a guy who's hasn't had a camp at all. But, you know, I see these short-notice fights, and sometimes they're – I mean, a lot of times the, those guys come in – fresh you know they have like this fresh perspective on their their brain their bodies aren't worn from a long training camp although this guy did just fight so kind of kind of is but i think that's interesting a guy coming in and he's you know fought 13 days ago yeah that is the interesting interesting balance is it because like is he warmed up because he just like fought Mm. like uh uh, you know a couple weeks ago like is he now like loose and like that was almost like a warm-up fight for him or could he be quietly nursing injuries that, that he suffered in that fight? That's always kind of the balance between guys who just kind of fought back to back. So uh, interesting note. I did not know that. 
Um, he has his work cut out for him against uh, Aaron Pico. Yeah, definitely. Aaron Pico is a scary, scary dude. Very talented dude. And he has a Canelo. What's that? He has a horse named Canelo. He has a horse named Canelo. Yeah, which I just thought that was something I learned today. Yeah. <laughs> Reed, any 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 final thoughts for Bellator? <laughs> no, I mean, listen, I'm not the biggest Bellator follower, but you know, the two main event and co-main that is, you know, that's UFC level competition right there, and I think that we're in for a show on Friday. So I think that you know. It's, it's, I think it's good for MMA as a whole to have Bellator putting up big, big pay-per-view cards, um, especially when you're looking at um, you know, the UFC. I think it's a little bit of a lull this weekend. Yeah, this is definitely the bigger of the two cards, for sure. There's definitely a lot more on the line, too. There's a lot more you know, fights. On the line. Yeah, I mean, there's literally a million dollars on the line. There's <laughs> you know, potentially a trilogy that could be on the line. You know, there, you know, you know, a rematch that could come become a trilogy. There's just there's just a lot of storylines here. People people could be fighting for title next after these fights. It's it's mm. a big deal. Uh, Patricio has a brother in Bellator as well. Is it Patriki? Patriki, Patricky. like Patrick uh, with the Y at the end. Patriki. Patriki and Patricio. Oh, I have one more thing I want to mention. It was Perfect. so cute. It was so, so cute. I wish I'd brought, I'd time to upload the video. Um, Patricio brought his son, his little son. I, I don't know, maybe five, four or five. And somebody asked about how he had done some pushups online somewhere at some point. And the little boy wanted to show us. So he got right there down and did pushups for us. And he, <laughs> Patricio had to pull him to stop him. He just kept going. And they were really good pushups. Good, good form on the pushups. Really, really cute. Yeah. <laughs> future champion maybe <laughs> yeah seriously that's that's one thing we haven't seen in mma because it's such a young sport is the like kids of like former fighters coming up and being fighters maybe we'll see that at some it's AJ, yeah, McKee. aj mckee is the the son of antonio mckee that's before my time that yeah. must be even before my time <laughs> but he was yeah he was in the ufc there so. you go so topical there's someone right there yeah yeah uh, I'm, I'm guessing is patriki in patricio's corner this weekend as well i'm assuming yes. I assume, yeah. He's uh, here, so yeah. I assume. Oh, he's yeah. here, yeah, so he's got to be. He, All right, uh, interesting. Patricio was the uh, double champion. He held a title, the title in uh, featherweight and lightweight. When he lost the featherweight title, a lot of people went, oh, well, that's okay because he still has the lightweight title. Well, once that happened, he said, I am stepping aside. Let's vacate this lightweight title. So now he is no champion, champion of nothing. And that allowed his brother to then fight for the title, and his brother won. And I thought that was a really cool storyline because cool. imagine if his brother had lost, because you know he was giving it up so his brother could could be champion, but like right. he didn't know for sure he was gonna be champion. So that's that's showing like how much, you know, trust and and heart that he has to give that to his brother like that. Totally. Beautiful stuff. I love it. Um, let's transition to UFC here. If anything else comes up to your mind that uh, you forgot about that came from Bellator Media Day, chime in. We can always go back to that. But um, I do want to get, I'm going to start off with what uh, your two opinions were of the uh, Chemaev and uh, Gilbert Burns fight this past weekend. Uh, Amy, you ended up drafting Gilbert Burns, uh, but I think all three of us were uh, – in, in agreement that the odds weren't set right at all, that Gilbert Burns could have won that fight. A lot of people think that he did. Uh, Amy, I'll start with you. Do you Did you think it was the right decision, or did you think Gilbert won that fight? I think it was the right decision. Um, I think it was definitely very, very close, and I think that it was probably fight of the year so far. 
Um, yes. It's definitely on my list. 100%. It, 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 it was one of those fights where they both kind of won, not the fight, but won fans. They won, they, they proved something, you know, that there was the benefit to that fight for both of them. I think it's interesting that, um, you know, Gilbert wants the rematch. I think he deserves it. I think what he said about it, you know, he said, I gave him the chance. Now he should give me the chance. Um, I would love to see a rematch. I'd love to see that five rounds. I think if it had gone five rounds, I think Gilbert would have won. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I was on the edge of my seat for more reasons than than just that I wanted to win the draft. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Reed. No, I know, Ian, we had the chance to talk, but I haven't spoken to Amy, but Amy hit on the head. That was fight of the year for sure. I mean, that was all-out war, and – you know, I think it just showed that there are there's still room to grow for Chimaev. I thought that he did. I thought he did rightfully win, but that doesn't mean like the odds were correct. I thought that Burns what had a fair chance of that fight. He had Chimaev wobbled a few times. I just think ultimately Chimaev won rounds one and three, so he gets the nod. It's not like Burns. I know his record will show loss, but I think he gains a ton of respect. You know, I think Dana. I even saw a picture of him and Dana like talking after the fight, like. Clearly, there's like a agreement here. Like I stood up and took this guy, and I went toe to toe with him. So I think Burns kind of comes out a winner on this one. And you know, we said oh, he got his win bonus too. Dana gave him his win mm-hmm. bonus. So. Yeah, he earned it. It was it was without a doubt fight of the year. I think I'm gonna be hard pressed to see a better fight than that. So yeah. what I was most impressed was you just saw the size difference between the two guys. I mean, Chubayev is a monster. He's massive for welterweight, and Burns. You know, fairly undersized at you know the weight class, but still he was game to that fight, and I, I it was awesome. The all fifteen minutes were awesome. Yeah, we all won. Yeah, we're all winners here. Yeah, and definitely both of their stocks uh, went up. I agree with that, Amy, for sure. Even though Gilbert technically lost, both their stocks went up, both in fans and. Uh, Having a fight like that is is big in Dana's eyes, I think. Uh, that kind of gains the, the favor of the UFC for, for the rest of your career. Um, the other one that was my, maybe a little bit more of a controversial decision was the co-main event, obviously. Uh, Aljamain Sterling won. Uh, Amy, you did call it. Very close fight, though. A lot of people did think Jan should have got the decision. I guess it came down to the first round because Aljamain clearly won rounds two and three, and there was even an argument he could have got a 10-8 in round two, and then Jan clearly won rounds four and five. So did you agree with that decision, Amy? Obviously, uh, you had it all as main, but do you think it was is the right decision on the judges' scorecards? I do, and I've talked at length about this all week to everyone I can because I just have my – in my brain, I have a theory or like – you know, like a reasoning why I believe that Aljamain won. I think you're right. First round was obviously the one that was in question. I need to go back and watch it again. I, at the time, I was thinking Aljamain had won the first round. Um, I believe he should have gotten a 10-8 in the second round, but I'm okay with him not. But I just, it's hard for me to say that a winner of a fight wasn't the one that was in danger of losing. Because anytime I was watching that fight, I was going, oh my God, oh my God, it's going to end. It was never because of something Peter was doing. It was because of what Aljamain was doing. So it would be really hard for me to say that Peter won that fight. And I love Peter. I love love both those fighters. It was really hard for me to watch that fight because I really wanted them both to win. But um, yeah, I think it was right. I think Aljamain won. Reed? Yeah, I... I was pulling for Jan, but ultimately, I think Amy kind of summed it up pretty well that 
he didn't do enough to win the fight. Even if I thought he did win round one, it wasn't a decisive victory. Aljamain had the more, I guess I'm going to repeat myself, but the decisive moments of the fight were controlled by Sterling. Like if you look back at the last fight, Jan, he clearly was the, the far superior fighter. I'm not saying Sterling is better than Jan or vice versa. I'm just saying in those 25 minutes, Sterling was the better fighter and Jan fought his fought Sterling's fight. You know, losing that round, I thought was very decisive. Uh, that round two was really bad. So, you know, pulling for Jan, I can't argue with the decision though. He he didn't. He fought a losing fight. Do you guys want to see a third one though? Because I don't want to see a third one. Not yet. I the UFC is is on this trend where they do like rematches and trilogies like really quick. Like let it breathe a little bit. Maybe if the two guys go on win the next couple of fights and it makes sense down the road, because then you have time to kind of rebuild it up. You know, have things changed the past couple of years? Uh, no, I, I I don't want to see a third. So what? Sterling Dillashaw and then Jan versus I don't even know. I mean, I would love to see him with Marab. I know I said that with. Uh... Yeah, like I think that there's such a good storyline there. I don't know that that's necessarily the next fight for Jan, but I think that's got to be. I think he needs to get through Marab to get a title shot to Aljamain, and it's more just about like the story. And you can see that's what that that is what Marab is angling for. He's posting all kinds of pictures of of you know Jan on his Instagram like as a child with like his head all shrunken and stuff. So like that's definitely something. There's a story there, and I think that that could be a really fun trash talk session between the two of them. You know, I forgot about um, Aldo also still in the mix at Bantam. I mean, do you go – because Jan obviously beat Aldo. Do you give Aldo a title shot, Dillashaw, Jan – winner gets sterling again is that kind of how I, you do it i think he already announced like tj is gonna be next in line didn't he mm-hmm. yeah oh, did I miss that? but he did say that but he, he changes his mind all the time that's true but yeah i think th- i think it's gonna be tj i wouldn't be i wouldn't be upset if it was if it was aldo either yeah. one of those guys is a good option i think tj tj makes sense just because he was the former champion mm, and, yeah know, that kind of thing but um, and I guess I'll kind of kind of puts uh, Jan in a bit of purgatory though, because he could kind of only go down. And I feel like you're, yeah, you could dominate on like a Rob Fon. I think Rob Fon's a really good fighter, but you kind of put yourself in harm's way of like how far can I go? I imagine Jan would be a big favorite over Rob Fon, but I feel like it puts you in like how how do you get back up the ladder? You know, you're kind of stuck in the middle there. And the I think that's transition. why the the fight with Marab makes sense. Why I think that Peter might be enticed to take it because there is actual hatred between the two of them. So for him, it would be like, I just want to beat this guy's ass. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the fact that he is lower than me because if I beat him, that's like me shoving, shoving it in Aljo's face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's actually bl- bad blood between that group there. So mm. that makes sense. Uh, I actually score. I scored the fight a draw, to be honest. Uh, I did think Jan won the first round, but then I thought Aljamain got a 10-8 in the second round. But I will say, even though I scored the first round for Jan, it wasn't like when the decision was read, like I wasn't like upset or was like, oh, that was a terrible decision. Like it was a close round. Like it could have gone either way. Like I'm, I'm fine with the decision. I'm very happy for Aljamain because I think him coming from – Winning via disqualification and the fans just attacking him for it, the, like the past year or however long it's been, for him to then mentally recoup, knowing even though he won the fight, he was getting beat up by Jan, for him to mentally recoup, get confidence, figure out how to beat Jan, uh, and then go in and do it. It's 
end up. I was wrong about Aljamain Sterling. I like, so was that, was a, that was an impressive performance. Yeah, he earned I mean, the win. He did look way better than he looked in the first fight. So, uh, yeah, I don't think uh, in the first fight uh, he was at his best. Um, and shout out Ray Longo as well. Now uh, three champions in the UFC that he's coached, and all three have been significant underdogs heading into the title fight that they won. Matt Sarah, uh, Chris Weidman. Uh, Matt Sarah, obviously, against GSP, one of the greatest upsets of all time. Chris Weidman against Anderson Silva, one of the greatest upsets of all time. And then Aljamain Sterling against uh, Pio Torreon, uh, one of the bigger upsets of title fight history. So Ray Longo is a hell of a coach, no doubt about that. Shout out Long Island. Um, all right, let's um, – Do we are we ready to get in the draft here? We, we, do we, we want to talk about both the last, last fight, the main event? Do we want to talk about yes, I know so – You're right. We, yeah, we got to talk know, about I know that there's not that much to say. There's yeah. not that much to say because Volkanovski just put the hurt on Korean Zombie, but – My heart breaks for Korean Zombie. Yeah, I mean – think he should retire because that's what it sounded like he was thinking about. He was considering that. He he got taken – he got taken a school – he got he's, he's clearly as good as ever. I mean, that was woo. He's he's not a title contender guy. I mean, these guys who are fan favorites, I like I wish just at the end of their career the UFC would just start giving them fun fights. Guys who are like close to to their level. Uh like give him like a give him like a Cub Swanson. Like That'd one of those fun. guys. Like let's let's not give Korean Zombie the top t- two three guys in, in, in the weight class because his 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 career is just not at that level anymore, and it's unfortunate. But um, I mean, I'm not going to say whether or not he should or should. I think he still has gas in the tank, just not against the top guys. So, but if he retires, hey, it was a hell of a career. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to retire, but I mean, that was a that was a beatdown, and it should have been stopped probably. And you know, they called it pretty quickly in that fourth round. But and, I'm more and Volkanovski in that fourth round of the start, he like stopped. He was like, "Dude, are you good?" Yeah, yeah, I mean, which I thought was a, was a nice move by him. Yeah, but Volkanovski he continues to impress. You know, every fight it seems like he's getting better and better. I guess it's Holloway. I know he's kind of flirted with. I want to start looking at other weight classes. I feel like he has to beat Holloway one more time, and then he can move on to another weight class. Though, what do we think about that? They were supposed to fight yeah. again. I feel like yeah. Holloway kind of earns. I know he lost twice to him, but I still feel like. Those fights were very competitive. I mean, I wouldn't be since Holloway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's fought twice. He has two wins. So yeah, I'd be down to see. I mean, the first two fights were so close. That's what I'm saying. I feel like I know Holloway's 0 for two against him, but I feel like Volkanovski before he starts looking at like other weight classes and stuff, him and Holloway got to settle it one more time because they were supposed to fight again. So I feel like Holloway deserved that one. Then we'd also be in. We'd also be in danger of the getting into Brandon Marino and Devison Figueroa territory. Yeah, where there's all the like, wins. Then what? Do you give Volkanovski yeah. immediate rematch? <laughs> the, the, tread, the treadmill, oh, the, the treadmill right. of uh, them playing or fighting each other. Uh, Speaking of retirements, though, we should probably mention at least that Marlon Moraes retired today. I didn't see that. that. I did yeah. see that right before we went on. I should have yeah. mentioned that before. Which we I think. On. I think was probably the right move. I think he'll be a great coach, and I'm excited to kind of see where he goes from there. But he had a great career. He had yeah. a great career. I would have liked to see him in the UFC a little bit earlier because back when he was in the WSOF, he was dominant back then. Um, and he went on to run the UFC, just kind of fell up a little bit short. And then he's one of those guys that he kind of lost his chin a little bit. I mean, that yeah, sounds a little rude, but it kind of is true. Like he got knocked out once, and then he got knocked out a ton of times after that. But uh, – 
yeah, certainly one one of the one of one of the better fighters in that weight class uh, of all time, I would say. Yeah, it feels like he just missed like really contending, right? Like he he had his chance, got knocked out, and just seemed like it really spiraled. But like, I kind of feel like he got out at the right time, you know? Like I feel like he knew he lost it, and that was kind of it. He didn't like try and force it, um, which you know sometimes guys don't. You know, we're talking about Korean zombie retiring. Some guys don't know when to get out at the right time, and it ends up getting really ugly out there. Mm -hmm. So you know, goodbye. Yeah, and, then, <laughs> and then, and then, like five years down the road, we get like Chuck Liddell against Tito Ortiz, and that yeah. fight that happened a couple years ago that did not need to happen. I was there for that, by the way, in oh. person, and it was so bad. The sad, whole, sad the more whole than anything. Part was a mess. The whole entire yeah. part. They had a guy come on and propose to his wife after he lost. I mean, propose, but the thing was, he was already married to her. So, so I knew them personally. I was like, they're already married. Was so that like a, it was like a bit? I don't know what it was. I don't know if it, it was like she was, maybe maybe <laughs> like, she pissed him off. He pissed her off, and it was like I'm gonna like make a gesture. I, it was so weird. The whole card was just weird. The whole card was weird. That was that was a is a one time card by that. Part. I don't remember. What, it was yeah. wasn't it Oscar De La Hoya that ran. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Yeah, I also remember, awesome. this is a funny tidbit, afterwards they did the press conference in the arena, and so they brought out Tito, and they were so they told us, they're like, oh, just turn around. Like, we were in our media tables facing the cage. So they're like, just turn around so the cage is behind you, and then ha we'll have the media, like the post-fight mm -hmm. press conference right there. But then they started breaking down the cage. So it was like you know like electric drills and people like slamming the and we're yeah. like what is it was so yeah. bad <laughs> there was all mess. this trash everywhere it's just mess so that was a fun that was a fun night great content yeah, that was as a as i remember watching that car that was so strange yeah um all right let's uh let's get through the draft just us three no guests this time uh like we mentioned at the top not the best ufc card in the world so um i know i know amy you're at pelator so you uh um, aren't as prepared but you're you can kind of give us some gut picks and maybe that will sometimes gut picks are the way to go so um ufc what is it ufc vegas 51 or it's ufc on espn like 32 or something <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't. I like never a million names for all these cards. Yeah, I don't keep. I tr keep track of the UFC Vegas and then whatever number it is. It's whatever I. I keep track of whatever the hashtag is. Basically, that's what I go by. Right. Nobody hashtags the UFC on Fox or UFC on right. ESPN. Yeah. Crap. Uh, main event's pretty good. Obviously, I'm. I'm sure we'll draft from it. But uh, Vicente Luque against Bilal Muhammad, a rematch, six seven years in the making. Uh, but we're we're not going to dive into that right now because I'm sure someone's going to draft it. So I. As your defending champion, <laughs> get to uh, choose the order. I will go first, uh, and then Reed and then Amy. I'll put Amy last, and then she maybe I'll, I'll give her a couple extra minutes to kind of yeah. decide who she wants Thank to go you. with here. Um, so uh, I guess if I'm going first, I'm ready. I haven't told the producers who I'm picking. Um, but let's uh, – I'm going to make this harder on you on YouTube. Actually, we got to go prelim for first round like we normally do, or not? Yeah, no. Let's just I do. We haven't discussed. Just, let's just do the whole card because, be honest, some main card fights are kind of prelims, anyways. To be completely honest, yeah. yeah. And I don't know who's on what card. Right. Everything's yeah, on so the table. Everything's on the table, uh, and I'm going to take the obvious pick first uh, to make it a little bit tougher on YouTube. That's why I wanted to go first overall. Vicente Luque minus yep. 175 uh, against Bilal Muhammad. 
Um, I'm sorry for our producers that I did not let you know ahead of time, but it is going to be Vicente Luque. Uh, it is a rematch. Vicente Luque won the first time via first-round knockout. To be fair, as much as that was a first-round knockout and an impressive performance by Luque, I'm not basing this bet on that fight alone because I don't think a first-round knockout really gives you a whole lot of um, signs or indication how the matchup actually is between the two fighters. Obviously, every time uh, that you are going to uh, bet or pick a Bilal Muhammad fight, you have to look at wrestling because that's what he does. That's how he wins fights. But Luke has a 64% takedown defense rate. Pretty good, and if he can keep it standing, there's no doubt uh, about who has the advantage on the feet. So I will go Vicente Luque in the main event, minus 175 against Bilal Muhammad. Uh, Muhammad does average 2.2 takedowns per fight, but only a 33% takedown rate. So he doesn't complete a lot of the takedowns. Only one-third of his takedowns he completes them, and Luque is pretty good at defending them. So I think he can keep it on the feet. I think Luque wins. Yeah. I, oh, it's minus I 180. All right. I, I'm going to be on Luque in some sort of fashion. I think – he punches so like just the striking is incredible. I think, I think he messes up Muhammad honestly. I think he knocks him out. I, I do I like Luke's, Muhammad though. So do I, but I I think Luke is like he's quickly approaching contender status at welterweight. I just think he's a cut above Muhammad. I think Muhammad that Wonder Boy victory I think is being a little overrated. I think Luke is just a far superior athlete at this point. So I like Luke. I I like your pick. Okay. All right. <laughs> Amy might pick Muhammad at some point this draft. I mean, like, possibly. Uh, Reed, go ahead. Your second. Yeah, I wrote this fight up on Betsider earlier this week. It is actually on the prelim card, the featured prelim. I'm going to take William Knight, plus 145. He should be plus 140, plus 145 against um, Devin Clark. Uh, this fight's going to be at heavyweight, which is interesting to me because Knight missed his last weight. He took a short-notice fight. Missed weight by 12 pounds in, at light heavyweight, which, like, he immediately apologized and said, listen, like, I, I didn't mean to do this. I couldn't get there. I took the fight on short notice, all that. Great. But now he's fighting at heavyweight, which is clearly a better weight class for him. And Clark's coming all the way up to face him. I just think that this is – Clark, you know, he sometimes fights at middleweight. I think that this is a huge step up in class for him, you know, weight-wise. Knight pushed a good gas tank. I like him a lot as an underdog here. I think he could grapple, get this against the cage. So, yeah, I think that this weight jump is going to suit him better now that he gets a full camp. Yeah, that 12 pounds was was crazy. It was a UFC record for, like, being embarrassing in terms yeah. of having – and, like, he immediately said after, he's like, yeah, like, I, I couldn't get – I couldn't cut it. Like, you know, I just wasn't prepared – Whatever. So now they're tossing him a bone, I guess. I don't know why, but they are. And listen, we got to take advantage. I agree with that, Dave. I have no other further comment on that fight. I, I read your write-up at BetSided. Anyone who's watching, check that out. I, I agree with what you said. Um, Perfect. So, yeah, I, I, I won't be picking against you on that one. Uh, Amy, back-to-back picks. Gut feeling. Hit us with them. <laughs> I, I know, mean, I know we're putting you on the spot a little bit, so yeah. I mean, uh, I, think, I, I I won't expect big breakdowns of these fights. Yeah, I mean, I think my my first pick's not surprising considering how I reacted to your first pick. I'm gonna go with Bilal. Um, I think Bilal is like consistently underrated in like every fight he's ever done. I think That's that true. he's yeah, he's just like he's I don't know, like it's all hard. Again, I'm picking. You know, I've been in the gym with Mal, uh, Bilal a few times when I was out at uh, Rufus Sport. 
I think he has a good work ethic. I think he's really smart fighter. He's obviously on the desk, so he talks about fighting. I think he's got like that edge, and I think he's you know being underlooked. So I'm going Bilal. I won't ever bet against Bilal. He is one of those guys that are kind of he's not the flashiest fighter in the world, but he's grit. He's heart. He knows how to win win fights. He's smart. So as even though I'm on the other side, I mean I'm it's it's definitely not a pick I hate. No, so by the way, I was wrong about Sterling last week, and you were right. So I, I'm not going to argue against you too much. So I'm just going to record that and put on loop. I have <laughs> and you were right. I I have another theory. These are another one of like my betting theories. I think the fighters that also mimic. Um, like not mimic that like are on the commentary team as well. Like that do like the both in their off time. It actually works against them. And I think that they become worse fighters after commentating. I don't have any science to back it up, but it's a working, it's a working theory here where, you know, you see like, you know, your Anthony Smith's went on a skid, Angela Hill, Paul Felder, Dominic Cruz, all these fighters, they've kind of struggled since going up, not up going to the booth. You know, just, I'm just saying, Bilal trying this whole commentary thing, it might end up sending him to the commentary booth for permanent, you know, in the long term. I mean, there, I, I definitely see that. I could see I could see them being distracted. I'm by not crazy, thing. right? Like, I know I'm yeah. crazy, no, but no, I'm not no, totally no. crazy. Not at all, because I could see that they'd be distracted. They might not have as much time to train. They're going to have to be spending Maybe. time researching. They're going to be overthinking. So I definitely see reasons why that theory would make sense. So I'm excited to see Bilal prove you wrong. <laughs> Completely I mean, yeah, there are, I mean, p- people do say with MMA and UFC, it's either you're all the way in or all the way out. So if you're mm-hmm. starting to do commentary, that's kind of like half a foot out. So I think there is something to that, but um, I'll, I'll get in the lab. I'll, you know, it's not a foolproof theory in the sense of people who are commenting, like do commentating jobs, still win fights. It's not like they're yes. like completely winless. Yeah, no, of course. I there think is, there is something to that. Yeah. Um, Amy, I'll give you a minute here to come up with another pick because that's it is back to you. But we will bring up the uh, the round one recap graphic here while you're coming up with your next pick. Only favorite. You know what? My strategy of leaning more towards favorites has actually worked in my favor. Uh, Vicente Luque, minus 180. William Knight, plus 145 for Reed. And then uh, Amy on the other side of the main event, Bilal Muhammad, plus 150, which is by far and away the main event. So, you know, sometimes there's a card where the main event um, isn't – the people's main event, some might call it, but I would say the main event is also the people's main event on this card. So uh, we covered that in the first round. Amy, are you ready with your second pick? Yeah. Okay. So Let's I hear. almost went with this guy for my first one. So I guess it's cool. Rafa Garcia. I think uh, I've been following his career since he was in Combate. I think he, um, you know, he's he's one of those guys, again, that, like people kind of underestimate. He's not super known by fans. Um, you know, I think he's, I think he'll, I guess again, it's a heart. I haven't had a chance to look at anybody's records at this point. So this is all just heart. Um, I'd put my money on Rafa. Looks like he's a favorite too, right? I believe it's a pick him. Yeah. It's a pick him. So a true coin toss there. Um, but yeah, Amy, like I said, I mean, we put you on the spot with the draft today, so we're not going to hold you to to big uh, breakdowns, but he's one or yeah, one and two inside the UFC, but he is coming off a win, uh, coming off a win against Natan Levy? Levy. Uh, and oh my gosh, Natan is one of my absolute favorites. He, I was really shocked by that, that performance. So that's another reason why you reminded me. Rafa's like, keeps proving himself. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I love it. Won't argue against that. 
Uh, Reed, second round pick. Back to you. Yeah, uh, back. I didn't realize he was going to be back so fast, but I bet on Andre Vallejo. I believe I said that right. I don't know if I took him in the draft that we did, but he put on a pay-per-view card against uh, Michelle Pereira, and Vallejo was like a plus 450 underdog and looked very, very good in my opinion. He's at plus 150 against Miguel Baeza. Baeza, I've watched him a few times, puts himself in a lot of trouble, and Falajo punches, like, incredibly hard. Like, nearly knocked out Pereira in his last fight, who, in my opinion, is a real step up in, you know, from Baeza. So, I like Falajo. What? No, go ahead. Finish. Why? Because are you taking Baeza? Are you, I can't even hey, get hey finish your pick, dude. Finish your pick, and then I'm going to rip it apart here soon in a couple minutes. Go ahead. Finish okay, well, Baeza puts himself in harm's way. I think Falajo could find the finish. Uh, Baeza nearly got knocked out by old man Matt Brown a few uh, few years ago when I first really got into betting UFC. So give me Falajo. I think he's being – I think, you know, he could find a knockout punch. Go. Rip right. me. Rip, you, win one, you win one UFC draft, and you think you're all that all of a mm-hmm. sudden. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I just finished my victory one. Now that so now this draft gets personal, I'm I'm watching the full. I'm gonna put. I think he's a Portuguese. I'm gonna hold a Portuguese flag up and everything. It would. Yeah, he is Portuguese. It wouldn't be a uh, draft read. I feel like we're we're against each other on one pick. Well, I mean, both my picks now. I'm like one against Amy, one against you. I just like like to be the contrarian. So, uh, put it up, Miguel Beza. Once again, I think I've hit about five last names that uh, that I've probably mispronounced. But I mean, I to be really honest, Reed, when I was looking at this and doing my research, I was going to pick Andre, uh, but I watched film on him. Not impressed, to be honest. He has power, that's for sure. Most of his, yeah. of his wins have come via knockout, uh, but he's stiff. There's no like fluidity to his striking, and that's that's kind of proven if you look at the stats. Now he was obviously kind of thrown to the wolves on short notice against uh, Michelle Pereira, but in that fight he had an accurate strike accuracy rate of just thirty three percent. He just he's he has power, but there's no fluidity to his striking. And in that fight he absorbed seven point one three significant strikes per minute. That's not good. Tough to win a fight when you're uh, getting punched significantly seven times in a single minute. Uh, and I actually think uh, Miguel might actually submit him. He had five submission attempts in his okay. last fight, uh, and his last win was via submission as well. Uh, and I haven't seen, at least when I was watching tape, I haven't seen Andre grapple too much. It's certainly not a specialty, though. He is a power striker. Yeah. Uh, so I am going to go Beza, Baeza, minus 175. Going head-to-head. Both my picks are head-to-head with you two, which completes round two. We have one draft to go, but or one round to go, but we will bring up the recap graphic here i'm sticking to my strategy favorites minus 180 both of my picks read plus 145 and you're sticking with the underdogs uh fialo fialo plus 150 amy below muhammad first round and then you just took uh, garcia as a pick uh minus 110 coin flip fight there so two rounds down one round to go my final pick uh since the snake draft here jordan leave it leave it Plus 105 against uh, Trey Ogden in this fight. I think this is going to be a submission battle, so I am going a slight underdog here. Uh, Ogden's making his UFC debut. 11 of his 15 wins are by submission. Uh, Jordan Levitt, 2-1 in the UFC. Six of his nine wins have come via submission, so I think it's going to be a grappling battle, but two big reasons why I'm betting on Levitt. Uh, Zero submission losses Ogden has three submission losses on its record and also you kind of have to factor in uh octagon 
There's usually I'm a stats guy, but I truly think two guys making their UFC de- debut, guys and girls making their UFC debut, a little bit of octagon jitters possibly. Uh, so I will take the slight underdog in that one. Okay, well, yeah, I'm a little like bit Mark. perturbed because I was going to pick him as well, literally only because he has a book review inst- uh, YouTube channel where he reviews books, and I'm a big book person. That's and amazing. I'm just like, that's cool. I like Is it Levitt? Levitt, Levitt, I think. Yeah. I don't know how, I don't know, like, his upside. I, I do, I kind of like Levitt in this fight. I agree. A few, yeah. a few times back, I believe it was his debut, he, he fought some just like washed up fighter and he literally like picked him up and threw him down and knocked the guy out. So I've always kind of, oh, yeah. He does a character slam. Yeah, it was some guy who was on his way out and he just completely, like, in a minute, it was insane. So I've always been a fan of Jordan Levitt ever since. <laughs> he, he, he took him out of the UFC, literally. Um, yeah, yeah I, I like the pick there, especially as a small underdog. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, read back to you. Final pick of the draft. Back to me. So we're talking about pronu- pronouncing names. This is, you know, what a fun one. Um, give me Godsey Omar Godsiev. Yeah, that's small theme. I think you did pretty well with that. I think so too. I, 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 it came out confident. I feel like that's what you know really got it home there. <laughs> but. Um, Two debutants going on the co-main, a little strange, but I'm going to start with the Russian. I think he has much more power. I watched him on Contender Series, absolutely ruined this guy's knee, screaming in pain submission, but he also has eight knockouts to his name, so I'm going to trust him against Baralho. I just think I, – I I just have a gut feeling here. I like Omar Adziv. I think he's a slight favorite. I'm going to follow the money here and not overreact to anything. He has eight knockouts, like I said, 11 wins. I think he kind of avoids any of Barajo's power and gets probably a submission victory as well. I think he gets us to the ground. And it kind of gives me a little favorite, try and mix it up a little bit. I like it. I have no opinions about that fight, so I agree. <laughs> I just thought right, when Amy. you called them debutants, I pictured them coming out in like big lace, lace dresses. like with wait, Yeah, for a very lace. violent sport, I like to you know yeah. dumb it down as much as possible. <laughs> All right, Amy, okay. you got the last pick of the draft. Um, Sam Hughes. She's another one I've followed from LFA. I think she's, uh, if I remember correctly, I think she lost her debut. Um, I think this is her second fight in the UFC, but I think that when you lose your debut like that, you've, you, you get the experience, you get the, you know, the jitters of it being your debut out of the way. And they tend to be pretty successful in that second fight. So that's kind of what I'm betting on here. I think she's got, she's got it. What, she needs to, to make it. So, and she, she has Estella taken Nunez on. Is pretty, pretty good. Estella Nunez, not related to Amanda yes. Nunez. Oh, that's right. Yep, I definitely looked at her last time that she fought and asked whether or not she uh, was a yeah, Amanda Nunez. Part, part of the her fight name. Her fight name should be Estella, not related to Amanda Nunez. <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> yeah. Now fighting, not Amanda Nunez. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that completes the draft. Let's recap all the picks here uh, in a moment once the graphic is ready. Oh, it's ready. Look at that. Look how quick they are. Uh, I went Vicente Luque, uh, Bezea, Beza, and Levitt, minus 180, minus 180, and plus 110. Like I said, my strategy recently of picking, uh, leaning more towards favorites than underdogs has worked for me. Reed, William Knight, plus 145, Andre Fialo, plus 150, and Omar Gadjev, 
minus 140, <laughs> went favorite there in the final round. Amy with two underdogs and a pick'em, Ablal Muhammad plus 150 in, in the first round. Garcia minus 110 as a pick'em in the second round. And then Sam Hughes plus 175. Uh, the biggest underdog of the draft, plus 175 there in the third round. A lot of close lines in this uh, in this card. I, I don't really see a lot, you know, wide favorites. Not really, I think, up for – I don't know if there's any underdogs in this card, which probably means a lot. Plus 350 dogs cashing left and right this weekend. I have a question. You guys said the, the biggest – wait, what would you call it? The biggest underdog. There's two that are plus – well, one's plus 415 and one's plus 315. Wouldn't those be bigger underdogs? Biggest underdog of the draft, of the, of the oh, fighters of, of the draft. I was going to say, I'm like, wait, wait. Because yeah. I'm like, I think – You're I getting there. That was good. Keep us on. Okay. You're right. There are yeah. bigger underdogs okay. in the actual card itself. But of the people that we okay. drafted, Sam okay. Hughes uh, yeah, was the biggest underdog. Got it. Got it. Um, all right. Big Bellator card Friday night. UFC card Saturday Saturday night. A lot of fight action for some fans and betters out there. Um, any final thoughts? <laughs> I think we're good. For basically uh, kind of winging this show with Amy being on the ground there, I think we did a pretty good job there. Yeah, yeah. covered everything. All I'm right. excited. I, I'm curious to see um, next week if you guys can tell us which card ended up being better. Okay. You know what I mean? mm. So okay, yes. I like that. That's a good starting point. Yeah. Yes. Yes. To be honest, I don't know if I'll be able to watch either. <laughs> Friends are visiting from, from back home to New York City, but maybe we'll be at a sports bar and be able to watch them both. Well, Friday I'll just tell Saturday you the night. answer then. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I will trust you, Amy, to be fair. Uh, with, 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 uh, and I will be at both. I'm going to be flying home super early so I can get to the UFC. Ooh. So I am going wow. to go. The commitment. That's right. Uh, Where's the tour card right now? San Jose. So it's not super far. Oh, okay. It's 45 minutes. Not super flight. far, but yeah. Still, the commitment to get to both. Very impressive. Um, yeah, so there you go. This week's Jab Cross Hook. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, best luck with your bets. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, like the video, all that good stuff. Good luck to your bets. We'll talk to you all next week.